0: All of his friends, and I mean, he named every single one of his friends. Well, then he began to thank God for his family. He thanked God for his mama and he thanked God for his daddy and for his grandma and grandpa and all the aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters named every cousin and thank God for them. And then he began to thank God for the food. He thanked God for the turkey. He thanked God for the dressing. He thanked God for the fruit salad and the cranberry sauce for the pies and the cakes. He even thanked God for the cool whip, praise God, amen. And then he paused, and he waited, and he waited, and after a long silence, the boy looked up at his mama, and he said, Mama, if I thank God for the broccoli, will he know that I'm lying? <laughs> yep, probably would, Amen. But we should still thank God for everything that he gives us. Even for those things we don't like. Amen? That's a little tougher, isn't it? That's a little tougher to thank God for the things that don't go your way in life. But uh, when you're praying over your meal, does it do any good, really? Does it really do any good to pray over your meal to bless your food? Does it make it taste any better? Does it nourish your body any better well, it might, but here's the instruction and the reason that we do it is because we're commanded to be thankful in everything. So if you don't have anything else to say when you're blessing your meal, just say, "Thank you, Lord." Thank you, Lord. Say that with me. Thank you, Lord. We have a lot of things to be thankful for. I want to share some great scriptures about prayer. Uh Great scriptures that we we both need to read and to heed in our Christian lives. One comes from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11, where the Lord Jesus is encouraging disciples and thereby encouraging you and I to pray, saying, if you, though you are sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. So we should be thankful, but we should also be willing to ask God for wonderful things. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said to his disciples, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you for every one of you. Every one of you who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open to you. Apparently, God doesn't ever get tired of us asking. Amen? Isn't that good news? He doesn't get tired of us asking, not only for ourselves, but for other people. And neither does he grow weary of blessing us. He loves to bless his children. And so, as a result, prayer is a great, if not the greatest, blessing that we have in our relationship with Christ Jesus. We have a God who sees every single one of our faults. You know that? Man, I tell you what, he's got to keep a laundry list for me, amen? He sees all of our faults, yet loves us unconditionally and desires that we come and talk to him about all the things that we want and to ask whatever we think is important. That's your Father in heaven. He knows all about you, loves you in spite of that, and invites you to come and ask for whatever it is that's on your heart. But there's another great thing about talking to God, and that is in talking with God, We get to ask stuff for other people. I like that. I get to ask stuff of God for you. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 6 says. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Every hour of every day, I could spend asking God to bless you. And likewise, you could for me. For you see, our greatest prayers are those prayers that are for other people. Now, in today's modern society, and especially in our American culture, we're kind of selfish people. Amen? We're a little bit self-centered. God, I need this. I want this. Please give me this. Uh, You know, it's all about me. But the greatest prayers are those prayers that you pray for other people. The greatest prayers are those things that you ask for others. The greatest prayers are those God blessings that you ask for other people. So with that being said, who have you blessed with your prayers lately? Have you blessed me with your prayers lately? Easy now. Our verses today talk about that. Talk about pronouncing a blessing on somebody else. Three times in our verses today, the Apostle Paul basically says to this little persecuted church in Thessalonica, just like a church here at Bethel, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. So turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. That's on page 1049 in the Bibles in front of you. Page 1049 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Three short verses today, so you know what that means, right? Nothing, Nothing right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Brenda, I'm surprised you didn't just nail that one. Amen? You did, I didn't hear you. Okay, good deal. Verse 11, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Here we go. Now... May our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his. His saints. The first way that the Lord blesses us and others is in when we humbly declare in our prayers, "May the Lord direct your way." Did you hear what Paul said in verse eleven? Now, may the our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. I read about one granddaddy who said, "My young grandson called me the other day to wish me a happy birthday." And he said, Papa, how old are you? And I told him that I was 63, and he was quiet for a moment, and he looked up at me, and he said, did you start at (laughs) 1? Same boy called his grandma and came over to visit him subsequently and asked grandma, Grandma, do you know how you and God are the same? Grandma said she started polishing her halo, amen, amen. And anyway, she said, no, honey, tell me, how are God and I the same? And that grandson said, you're both old. (laughs) Boy, I tell you what, small kids often think their grandparents are old, amen, but there's probably no greater blessing than a grandchild, even though we have none, amen, but I consider the... 50 or so young people and children that we have here at church to be my grandchildren. And I have found how amazing it is to be such an influence on young people and children. And you grandparents out there, you great-grandparents out there, never underestimate the power and the authority and the strength that you have to direct the lives of your children. But I wonder, do we sometimes take for granted our kids Do we sometimes take for granted our children because we're really not praying for them like we should? Moms and dads, grandmas and granddads, spiritual parents and grandparents in the church, we need to be praying for our children. If you listen to the news and you watch your news feed, let me tell you what, it can get awfully discouraging what their future looks like. They need our prayers. And you know, we have discovered in the first 10 verses of chapter 3 that Paul urgently desired to go visit his spiritual children at this church in Thessalonica. But he was hindered over and over again by a great many things uh, because it wasn't as easy for Paul as it is for us to come and visit our kids And that's why he said in verse 11, now may our God and Father himself, our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. It was almost like Paul was praying to God and saying, God, would you just just clear the way so I can get to my kids, my spiritual children. God, would you just knock down all the obstacles that are hindering me from going to visit my spiritual children? Lord, would you just plow the road of any barriers that are keeping me from doing your will at that church in Thessalonica? And as I contemplated that for a moment, I wondered, is there some clearing of the way that I need to be doing Is there some clearing of the way that you need to be doing in your life in order to accomplish something that Jesus wants you to do, perhaps in ministry? Is there something that's blocking your way from serving the Lord? Is there something that you just need to do for the cause of Christ Jesus? I don't know what it is, but you probably do. You know what it is that's hindering you. So I want to encourage you this morning to make Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 your promise verses. And that passage goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all. How much? With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding but in all, how many? But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Perhaps we ought to pray and ask God to make Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 a reality in our own lives. Perhaps we should pray and ask and, and just say, Lord, would you just knock down the obstacles? Would you just clear the way so that I can do your work, your way, for your glory? Perhaps we need to do that. May the Lord direct your way. But there's a second way that the Lord blesses us and others. And that's when we humbly declare, may the Lord increase your love. Again, go to verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. How many of you like it when your 401k increases? Amen? Praise God. How many of you like it when your savings account increases? Amen? Show me some hands here. Here we go. We like it when it increases. How many of you like it when the garden flourishes and abounds? Amen? We all like that. Uh, Do you like it when your bank account overflows with money? Raise your hands up because I need to come see you. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Amen? All right. Generally speaking, here's the scoop. We all like the idea of increase. We like the idea of increase. I mean, it's hard to imagine how a dirt poor girl could have a wealth of over $2.5 billion. Why can't we all be like Oprah Winfrey, amen? Well, it's because God don't work that way. That's why. God doesn't allow or bless or give or curse everyone with great wealth. Why? Because to God, wealth is not very important. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, what good will it do for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Wealth is not important to God. Why? Because listen up, friends. On the day of our death and judgment, all wealth will be worthless. So, if that's the case, then there's got to be something greater in this life than wealth. There's got to be something greater than wealth. I think that there are many things that are greater than wealth, but I think that there's one that's far greater than them all. And the Bible tells us about it. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest, say greatest, and the greatest of these is love. Peter wrote about it when he wrote to the churches in 1 Peter 4. He said, but at the end of all things, when it is at hand, therefore be serious and be watchful in your prayers. And above all things, more importantly than anything else, above all things, have a fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Friend, is there any doubt in your mind this morning that love is the single most important quality in the life of a Christian? If you don't have love, you won't do nothing for the cause of Christ. How do you know, Bill? Well, the Bible tells me about it. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. I want to share with you just a little passage that will remind you of the important quality of love in the life of a Christian. First John Chapter 4, and I don't know what page it's on, and the Bible's in front of you, but you can find it. Just go to Revelation and hang a left. Amen? You'll be right there. First John chapter 4. This is the same John that wrote the glorious gospel of John, and here he is writing again in a letter that uh, kind of went from church to church to church in, uh, in that day and time. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 7, Listen to God's instruction about Christian love. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. He could almost stop there and be done, amen? Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, this is how, he says, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, praise the Lord. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is the payment that satisfies. The payment that paid the penalty for our sin. That which was counted for us. That that settled the sin question. That remedy for the sin cancer that every human being had. He is the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. Now, I read that and I say, well, it sounds like to me that I'm supposed to love other people like God loves me. Amen? Amen? That's the case. I'm supposed to love everybody just like God loved me. And I assure you that each and every one of us here today has more room, much more room for love in our hearts toward other people. You may say, Brother Bill, I don't see how I can love people any more than I do. Man, I love them. That's all they're getting. Amen? Well, maybe you need to pray this prayer like Paul prayed this prayer. Because here's what he said. He said, may the Lord make you increase. May the Lord make you abound in love toward one another and to all. So we need to know, friends, how can our love increase? How can our love overflow to other people? Well, practically speaking, it's only going to happen when you seek to understand how the Lord loves them. When you begin understanding how the Lord loves other people, then you're going to be more apt to love them more yourself. Perhaps you've got to ask God to fill you with his spirit of love. Perhaps you need to ask him to fill you with the overflowing love that he himself has for people. And beyond that, friend, I just got to tell you, you just got to keep practicing. Just keep practicing. Feel like it or not, keep loving people. Even when they're ornery and stubborn and mean, keep loving them, amen? Just keep practicing. May the Lord direct your way. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love toward one another and all people. But there's a final way that the Lord blesses us and others, and that's when we humbly declare, may the Lord strengthen your heart. Look in verse 13 so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God the Father and at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Read about the same grandpa we were talking about earlier and he was telling his grandson, he said, when I was first hired as a blacksmith, I was terribly weak and so I needed to develop my muscles to be able to do that difficult job. And he told the grandson how he developed His arm and shoulder muscles. And what he said he did, he said he would stand with five-pound potato sacks in each arm and he would hold them there just as long as he could until he just dropped down. Well, after he got able to hold those five-pound sacks, he went up to 10-pound sacks. And he would hold those 10-pound potato bags as long as he could. And then when he got good at that, he moved up to 50-pound sacks. 50-pound potato sacks, holding them out in his arms like this as long as he could. And before he knew it, he told his grandson, he said, I was able to hold up 100-pound potato sacks for over a full minute. He toughened up. He had gotten strong. Now, friend, do you know what you need more than anything as you get older? I wouldn't know this yet, but you may. What do you need more than, let me clarify that. What kind of exercise do we need the most as we age? Strength exercise. I used to think that it was aerobic exercise. Got to keep that heart in good order, right? Got to keep that heart ticking properly. But it's not that. We need more strength exercise. Because you see, our muscles get weaker and weaker as we age, unless we continue to use them and continue to exercise those muscles. And that's not the only thing that gets weak if you don't use it because your faith will also get weak if you don't use it. And we need a faith that will grow strong in the Lord. We need more faith. We need more strength in Christ. And it's only going to come as you practice your faith so we need to practice if you pump iron your muscles are going to grow strong if you live for christ if you worship the lord if you praise him daily if you present a viable witness for jesus christ guess what your faith will grow strong too but if you don't use it you're going to lose it May he establish, strengthen your hearts so that you'll be blameless and holy before our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his saints. You see, we can't become holy on our own. We've got to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to do that work in us. The Bible says that there's none righteous, not even one. There's no way that we can be good enough to be holy on our own. And so Paul is simply saying here that you will grow more and more holy as your faith in Christ grows and grows. Christ is the only one that can make you holy. He is the holy one. And as far as being blameless before God, did you know that true Christians already are? And even that's all because of Christ? In 2 Corinthians 5:21 the Bible says that God made Jesus who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him you and I might become the righteousness of God. Wow. May the Lord direct our way. May the Lord make us increase and abound in love toward one another and all people. And now may the Lord establish your heart, strengthen your heart in Jesus so that you will become holy, more holy each and every day. More like Jesus. I want you to think about something for a second. I want you to think about the person who is lost in their sins. The person who has not come to Christ, who... Is not saved, has not placed their faith in the only true Son of God, that person at some point in the future will have to pay for their own sins. They will have to pay for their own sins. But the Bible says that the one who confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes in their hearts that God raised him from the dead, that person saved from the penalty of sin praise God for that person the price of sin eternal death has been paid in full and that person is now justified in the eyes of God and that believer becomes as righteous as Jesus Christ himself in the eyes of God the only question that remains is is have you confessed that Jesus Christ is both your Savior and the Lord of your life? I want you to pause for a second and I want you to weigh the options. Lost or saved? Hell or heaven? You can pay the price yourself if you choose. Pay the price yourself for the the price of sin and be eternally separated from God in a very real place called hell. Or, or when you stand before God, you can say, Father, I'm with Jesus. I'm with Jesus. And you can enjoy the eternal life with God that he created you to enjoy. So what is your choice this morning? Lost or saved? Hell or heaven? What is your choice today? Before you make that decision, I want to share a blessing over you. This week in my personal devotion time, I was reminded of the blessing Hold Moses to bless his people with. Here's what he said. The Lord spoke to Moses. And he said, This is the way you shall bless my people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Friends, I pray and pronounce that blessing over you and over your families today. But in order for you to be able to pronounce that blessing on someone else, you've got to be one of God's people. And that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. You can make that... You can make your choice clear. Is it Jesus or yourself? Let's pray. Father, in heaven we rejoice at the clear conviction your word provides. And Father, I thank you for your countless blessings in our life. Father, the people of God just are just rejoicing in the ways over and over. that it only comes through Christ so Lord if there's one here today that needs to make that choice themselves as Lord or Jesus as Lord Lord I pray they choose Jesus in his name we pray and all God's people Amen let's all stand let's sing